Hello. Hey. Hello. What's up? Oh, nothing much. Just right back at it, ready to uh, podcast again after a little break. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Have you been watching anything good lately? I absolutely haven't. Oh my God. <laughs> the most I watched was, no, no, well, no, that's totally lie. I uh, watched some stuff on the plane ride back. I watched Carol and during the second half, I popped some Unisom sleep tablets. <laughs> Carol is lesbian excellence. I know exactly, which I think I, I watched it because um, I mean, there was very little available on the plane. I watched that in like the latest um, season of Insecure. What a combo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still haven't watched the new season of Insecure yet. It's actually it's actually pretty good. I mean, I hadn't really watched the other ones just because like, I think the only way to watch that in the UK is to have like a skybox and to like pay for it. And I was just like, okay, well, I'll steal it or watch it on an airplane. So yeah. <laughs> done and done. Yeah, because they don't even have HBO Max out there, right? I Yes. And then I see all the news about all the stuff that HBO Max is getting. Like that's all that's on my Twitter feed. And uh, I'm really jealous because um, there's, you have to do a treasure hunt to find any TV shows because we usually do have them. It's just that they're all on all different streaming platforms and yeah. it's a nightmare. That's kind of insane to me. Mm-hmm. And like Happiest Season, which is our episode today, like it's only video on demand in the UK. So like you'd have to pay 20 bucks for it. Oh, geez. You watched it. Uh, when did you watch it? I watched it like, I think the day it came out, like the 25th or whatever. Okay. Um, on, yeah, I watched it while I was in the US. So I saw it on like, I think maybe my little sister's Hulu account, which I mean, very thankful for that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> yeah, so while I was home, I watched all six episodes of Catch-22, um, great little mini series, and then I watched two seasons of Dairy Girls, so. <laughs> love, love that. Yeah, I've just been watching, literally, I, like, restarted Vanderpump Rules because I'm trash, and... <laughs> It is also peak reality TV. So, you know, I'm doing that. And then I actually rewatched Tenet the other day. So what do we think? You know, I felt kind of stupid because like my mom and brother, they like were completely like following it the entire <gasps> time. And I was like, you guys are dumb. Like, how are you following this? <laughs> <laughs> And then, and I wondered, I was like, cause I was like really high when I went and saw it in theaters. And I like remember like a specific point where I was like, okay, I have no idea what's going on. I'm here for the ride. It was like that car chase, like in the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you know, it holds up ish. I mean, like, obviously there's like a suspension of disbelief that you just have to like, you just have to let go and just like let Christopher Nolan like do his thing. But I mean, you know, it's always a joy watching my uh, husband, our pats, you know, on screen. So what can I do? I can't complain. (laughs) I think with Tenet, it's like, I think if you're someone who overcomplicates things in just regular life, which I think you and I definitely would, then then you're like in the movie, like trying to find the trick. And then you're like, I think it's more obvious than it seems like it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's probably not as hard to understand, but like, I don't know. Yeah. My mom was like asking me questions and I was like trying to explain it out loud. And I was like, nothing that I'm saying makes sense right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
but it also like weirdly there's some like logic there I don't know it was like so strange it was like interesting to rewatch it again and like my dad wants to watch it so I'll probably watch it a third time and like I don't know unlock my third eye or something <laughs> you probably will I won't be watching it is it on video on demand now um I torrented it don't tell anybody <laughs> yeah that's okay now it, that's how probably a lot of people are watching it yeah so yes I mean so Happiest Season was actually supposed to be an original like wide cinema release did you know that yes I, I I did read about that I was I mean it's like it's one of those weird movies where it's like it like makes sense that it was going to be a wide release but it also completely makes sense that it could have also just been straight to streamer anyway it did seem straight to streaming to me like having seen it even before watching it like just kind of I don't know. I mean, I know that like Bad Mom's Christmas did pretty well, but that is, I mean, that that's questionable to me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just don't that, that I imagine these movies, especially during this season where there there would be a lot of different things to watch that you'd think that like this is like an at-home sort of viewing. Oh yeah, definitely. I think like honestly it really worked out because as like an at-home thing, you know, me and my mom, my brother all watched it. Obviously, we're not going to the movies right now. And, you know, it was definitely like one of those like heartwarming sort of things. And I was like, oh, I'm in like the holiday spirit now. You know, I I really (laughs) enjoyed it for the most part. Mm. I do love, (laughs) we'll get into the the good and the bad and the ugly. But I think, yeah, you have to pop on some Christmas movies right around Thanksgiving to like get you in the mood for all of this, especially now. Cause like, there's no, there's no way of me to, there's no way for me to know the difference between now and October. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, honestly, <laughs> like nothing is massively going, going on. Um, but I do love the very indulgent season of Christmas and this kind of gave me that. Yeah. Um, I definitely like, you know, it, my, I think my only thing is I thought it was going to be more of a comedy. And, and from what I've seen people say on Twitter and, and sort of their reactions to the film is that it was definitely marketed more as uh, like a straight up comedy than what it really turned out to be. Romantic comedy, which like the romance stops pretty soon in the film. Yeah. And it's like, and it becomes sort of like a, a drama, which like I, I, you know, I'm not like mad about, but I just didn't expect it to become um, so serious. <laughs> yeah. So it like starts out and it's like Harper played by Mackenzie Davis and Abby um, played by Kristen Stewart. And they're like, you know, like um, Harper's characters like trying to get, Abby into Christmas they're like walking around seeing Christmas lights they like sneak up on this roof and have this cute little kiss and then like in the heat of the moment um Harper's like come to my family Christmas and um you know Abby accepts but then like we find out later that Harper is not out to her family and um I guess you I guess you would have gotten all of that like in the trailer or did you not uh, you know, honestly, I feel like I watched the trailer months ago and I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I feel, I feel like it seemed funnier in the trailer. That's why people thought it was going to be like a big, like laugh out loud comedy. Yeah, I feel like that part wasn't in the trailer because I feel like I would have caught that and been like, oh, okay, this is going to be something a little different. You know, like it was definitely more like a hijinks-esque sort of 
trailer. I thought Dan Levy was going to be much more involved, um, you know, and I thought it was going to be a more, uh, like, I guess it was like an ensemble thing. But yeah, I definitely like, I don't remember that in the trailer. I don't know. It definitely had Family Stone vibes, which I was super into. In the, well, I, I remember in the trailer that it was like Dan Levy was like on the phone to Kristen Stewart. I think she was saying that like she's supposed to be pretending to be straight and that they're friends. And then there was like that crack up line where he's like, "Have do they know what a lesbian looks like or whatever?" Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I think I remember that. That was probably yeah, that was probably the giveaway. But um, I mean, I think any I think because of the Family Stone, there is like a new expectation because that was done just so crisp and beautifully. Like it, it's it's fitting into the Christmas movie genre, but it isn't that sort of cheap, horrible Christmas movie because there's literally 1,000 of them. Like if you type in Christmas on Netflix, it'll be like the Christmas stepdad, the Christmas, <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's so many, and I don't know how these get funded, but like, so the family stone like sneaks in there and like becomes probably like the most recent classic, I think. And so now we've got the happiest season, you know, giving it a run for its money, I feel. Yeah, I definitely, it definitely does give it its a, give it a run for its money. And, you know, I think it was nice to see like a queer Christmas movie. You know, we don't have a lot of those. And so I mm. thought I thought that was good. And, you know, I, I, I liked all the characters for the most part. I mean, we had obviously Harper who, well, actually hated her because of <laughs> how she treated Case too. And then we had, um, you know, Kristen Stewart's character who, you know, was fine. Like she was just fine. And then Dan Levy, obviously great so funny um saved the, the comedy portion of the the genre <laughs> yeah and then what oh my god what was the the you had allison brie who was like stone cold bitch loved it and then you had the weird sister who was like desperate for everybody's attention <laughs> it was like I thought, name was jane. jane jane yeah and i they they overplayed that way too much do you know what was funny? I actually thought that like Jane, you know what, this is probably offensive to someone, but I thought that Jane was going to like come out and like hijack Harper's coming out. And I guess maybe it was just me like thinking like, I thought she was kind of flirting with Kristen Stewart at the start, like whenever she first got to the house. That was what it was. Because I was like, why did I think that? But I think that it seemed like she was kind of like being clingy towards her. So I was like, is she going to try to get with Kristen Stewart? And I wish she had, because that would have been hilarious. <laughs> Honestly, I would have loved that. I think that would have been even better. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um Oh my gosh. And Alison Brie, I feel like she is now the new sort of uptight white woman in her sort of early to mid thirties character. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, she does have range. I like, honestly, I didn't expect her in a role like this because I'm so used to her sort of being like the funny girl, I guess, you know, or like, I guess like not like that like cool calm collected like stone cold bitch which i was super into <laughs> i thought that she would be like more like she'd want to sort of lead this film so it was kind of a surprise to see her like step into you know a co-star role again yeah she did do uh, earlier this year she did a really good horror movie with uh her husband and renowned hottie dave franco and uh, Short King. <laughs> Short King, yes, sir. 
And um, that was pretty good. And I mean, I guess now that I'm thinking about it, she was the uptight bitch in it. So maybe it is an archetype <laughs> that we're seeing. Oh, yes. She's like trying, she's like catching up with Reese Witherspoon. Like she's trying to step into a Reese Witherspoon post walk the line place. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, isn't it funny that, like, Reese Witherspoon has basically done Walk the Line and Wild and, like, hasn't really done anything massively serious, like, since, like, other than those two movies, it feels like. Or am I wrong? I don't know. I feel like, I mean, I think of, uh, I guess, Big Little Lies sort of sees her, I guess you could say, in a more... Hilarious in Big Little Lies. She's so funny. Yeah, (laughs) definitely funny, but she's also, I mean, like, it ends up being serious in a lot of ways too i think yes 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 anyways anyways but like back to this i i so for what what i thought was um dan levy was funny and i feel like if this was a movie about like i don't know this was like a guest who's coming to dinner movie right like it's got all of the holiday tropes um in you know but sort of plus like coming out of the closet staying in the closet whatever um which I think is really cool for a Christmas movie because like when you put all the family together who only see each other a few times a year, like there's this sort of performance and self-censorship aspect to it. So to sort of throw um, their Harper and Abby's sexuality into the mix, like it makes it a lot more dramatic and interesting, right? Yeah. So, but I found, I think Mackenzie Davis did a pretty good job. I really like her in a lot of stuff um Kristen Stewart it was kind of weird to see her like in a studio setting like this sort of you know romantic comedy movie because she's I just think of her as doing like weird indie movies and then you remember she was in Twilight do you know what I mean like (laughs) (laughs) yeah I you know I think she's sort of I mean it's like really weird how her and Robert Pattinson are sort of on the same path right now in that they've both been sort of doing more they've like stopped doing indies and now they're doing like major blockbusters I guess or not blockbusters but like quote unquote like mainstream or whatever like she did the Charlie's Angels movie which like sucked and then (laughs) (laughs) but earlier this year she did do this movie called Underwater which was I guess like a quote unquote big budget horror movie and that was pretty good she was like the final girl sort of in it and um it, it worked. So it was weird to see her in this specific setting, I think, trying to mm-hmm. play like this like relatable lesbian. But <laughs> it, I, I guess like I'm like desensitized to like case two and big box office things now. Mm, yeah, I feel like maybe the money has run out like in this past couple of years from Twilight. Like there's got to be something to this. Like, yeah. did, they, <laughs> did they both like text each other? Like, are you broke? I'm broke. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, where the world is that? I know, seriously. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just what's on offer these past couple of years or something. But like, yeah, which is funny because it feels like Twilight will never die anyway. So I can't imagine that they're like not ready for the big bucks. I think as well. I think that they've stepped into an early thirties like place, so they need to like sort of expand their horizons because they can't get all of the sort of coming of age stories as much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really excited for uh, what's it called? Kristen Stewart's doing a Princess Diana biopic. Okay, but you know her accent is going to be atrocious. 
I don't. I hope not. If she ruins that movie with her accent, I'm gonna be pissed because it's, oh it's gonna be directed by Pablo Lorraine, and he did Jackie, which was so okay. great. And then he did Pain and I think he did Pain and Glory. I don't know. Maybe I'm making that up. But anyways, uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. But anyways, back to this this <laughs> this film. No, that was Pain and Glory was not Pablo Lorraine. That was my bad. That's Pedro Almodovar. Anyway. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're gonna have some people coming for us. I know. Oh man. But I think I'll I'll go ahead and get the, the sort of bad stuff off my chest. Basically, I think a lot of people on Twitter agreed that like at the start, Harper, Mackenzie Davis's character, is she's very sweet, she's very cute. You love their dynamic, she's very tall, Kristen's very small, it's just cute. Like they're a good looking couple and um they seem really in love like for sure like from the first shot they seem very comfortable with each other and then everything goes cold and she becomes horrible and (laughs) and like i found it just i think it just went a little bit too far and i feel like the movie was i mean it's a sweet sort of christmas movie right but i found it quite intense how could you like she basically kind of tricked her in a way she lied about a few different things and like I think there's a big difference between like lying and then like just sort of like not saying the truth do you know what I mean yeah Whereas she made stuff up like she she must have told a story like I've come out to my parents this is what they said like she lied about it completely she apparently like outed her friend her girlfriend in high school and threw her under the bus and she and gave her a really hard time and like you kind of find out like the, you see her interacting with like her ex-boyfriend and all of that like the whole sort of bulk of the movie she is terrible <laughs> <laughs> yeah i would have been like turn the fuck around and take me home i'm not I'm going home yes <laughs> i'm gonna yeah, go like, watch why, <laughs> why would you want somebody to be why would you push someone back into the closet? I mean, if you don't want to tell your family, like that's your own business, that's everybody's journey. But like, why, why push your partner back into the closet? And why, like, I mean, why not give them an opportunity to make up their mind whether they want to endure this to meet your family? Because I mean, the answer is probably no. Like, why don't we just wait until, you know, you have like, you've given it some time. But like it was, it, it felt like insanity to me because then they just put Kristen Stewart's character, Abby, like they put her in the basement. Of course, every movie in Christmas has a basement or some creepy attic. They always do. <laughs> and like they, they, and then she kind of just gets ignored for the, for the whole of the film. Like, you know, they kind of sneak away to see each other for a night or two, but like it's basic. I felt like it was like borderline abusive. Like if I, if I went to Christmas with my friend as friends genuinely and they ignored me as much as she ignored me, then, you know, we're not even in a relationship and I'm still breaking up with that friend. <laughs> I know, literally, exactly. And it, I mean, like just the way, I guess, I don't know, it's such an awkward situation. And, you know, they did mine it for some pretty good uh, comedic moments when, you know, the whole family was like really sorry that like Kristen Stewart's characters family died and at first I thought that was like a straight-up lie I thought like that they made that up about her character and then come to find out at the end of the movie that her family is like actually dead but you know they were like oh we're so sorry like at every moment like and like calling her like an orphan and stuff which like in the context of the end of the movie when you find out her family is actually dead 
that's like really mean. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. like assuming that she was in an orphanage. Like, yeah. what kind of people are these? Is this 1910? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah, this isn't Oliver Twist. Like, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> well, I, I kind of, I mean, this, this part was like they killed off her parents or whatever, basically just to give her a reason to not have any other plans at Christmas. Like that was like the plot tool or whatever. Yeah. But I just feel like there's always some horrible element of tragedy in a queer film like this just could have been a bit more homely than to like her being like her parents being dead and her being an orphan I feel like they just always make somebody like closeted or someone's dead or someone's dying yeah they literally like, they literally could have just made her Jewish and then, and then there <laughs> Honestly, you go don't celebrate Christmas <laughs> but you know then but Kristen Stewart probably isn't Jewish so they probably would have needed a Jewish actress to do it you know what T- I mean Period. But they can find one. Yeah, they can find one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I, I just get a little bit tired of it because like I I want since I watched Carol, I was like, well, Carol kind kind of ends on a on a high note. Like you think maybe they're gonna get together and um like live in Carol's apartment in Manhattan or whatever. But then like it's like literally Kate Blanchett has just given up like custody of her kids. So it's pretty tragic, like still. Like <laughs> I forgot about that I forgot that like in order for her to like live her authentic self she was like yeah you have the kid like ah! yeah. uh, <laughs> so I think ending. I think it should have been a little bit more like they should have put a lot put a li- little bit more effort into Kristen Stewart's character I guess just slightly yeah she it was definitely one note you know and I think there was a little bit of emotional development for Kristen Stewart's character, but also it didn't really come until the end of the film when she was like faced with all of these sort of challenges with, you know, Harper being a huge piece of shit. So I think that was like, I was like, okay, like I wish she had had something more to do or she had just ended up with Aubrey Plaza's character, Riley. Let's get into Aubrey Plaza's Riley. Let's do it. For last. (laughs) Let's get into it. Okay, so I, the way that I gasped whenever, because I was, <laughs> I didn't know whether she was like trying to get with her or like, was she trying to get some sort of revenge on Harper? Like, it wasn't really clear, to be honest. Like, at the end, she doesn't fully like go for her necessarily, but like, you would not mention the high school stuff without some sort of motivation like it was yeah. it was petty it was petty and, but I loved it and it was great and Aubrey Plaza was like just the best sort of like ghost face person like to do it you know like yeah. I also like I feel like I understand where she was coming from in telling Abby those things in the sense that like you know she sees Abby going through the same things and yeah. Abby has like this idea of who Harper was in her head. And obviously like, it's not the case. And I don't know. Cause at first when Riley was telling Abby that story, I was like, damn, it was in high school, get over it. But then also like from a queer perspective, like you're looking at that, like, like that was like, obviously would have been super traumatic for Riley. And um you know, because not only was she portrayed by Harper, but like also she had to face all this bullshit in school and stuff. So on the other hand, I was like, okay, girl, like let let her know. And she did. She told her the tea. Ooh. 
Ooh, I know. I, it, whenever they, they're like walking together, like in the little downtown square or whatever it is, and then Harper like spots them, like, like the fact that they didn't bring this up to each other, I was like, maybe there's a communication breakdown in this relationship. <laughs> like, this imagine, <laughs> imagine not being like, I just saw you with my ex-girlfriend, but why do you even know her? <laughs> Literally. I mean, well, and then Abby didn't even tell them like, oh, tell her, oh, I was like hanging out with her at the bar before I hung out with your friends. So yeah. it was like both ends or whatever. And Drop the text. text, do something. Literally. So, I don't know. how did you feel about like the ending, the developments, like ultimately? Well, I want to touch touch quickly on just sort of the dynamics of the family in general, because the big sort of like the reason that Harper is not completely out. So she says, this is her excuse is that her father's doing this like mayoral campaign and like they're really stressed and, they, and she doesn't want to like drop this on them in the midst of that. Um, she doesn't really say that like her being gay would hurt the campaign, but it's kind of implied, um, which is kind of weird for like a 2020 film. Like even if they were conservative, which they didn't really outwardly seem conservative. Yeah, um, I think they did say though that she, I think they did mention that like her family had like conservative values or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like they were just sort of like, you know, I just feel like they were like Joe Biden Democrats, to be honest. <laughs> like, like they they had, I feel like they had Hillary flags up during the primary. Like they didn't yeah. even flirt with the idea of Bernie, that kind of Democrats. That's what I thought. Yeah. And like they, essentially the same thing anyway. <laughs> <I know. laughs> and then when I mean they there was like one comment I made about Riley's like lifestyle choices. And that was really like the only thing that you're like, okay, so maybe they're a bit like you know, they're a bit bigoted in some way. That was really the only thing, but um, that could have been any number of things. Like maybe Riley has a Coke problem. Who knows? She, <laughs> she, had, to med school. she had to go to med school. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that's like the whole thing. And they've got this like donor that they want to impress. And it's like one donor, like maybe you guys should try harder and maybe get a few in the bag. I don't know. But <laughs> the way that it ended whenever like Allison is like really like rushing and running through the house and like fighting with Mackenzie Davis and like dragging her by her really tall legs, <laughs> like rushing to out her. Like I thought that that was like, I I just found it so strange. Like what kind of interaction is this? Like, this is terrible. Like imagine, imagine your sibling, like seeing you with your partner and then just being like, I'm going to out you at the Christmas party. Like what's going on in your family? It's way more toxic than, than it seems if, if that is the scenario. Like it felt like it came out of nowhere that her sister just went demonic. And then she, yeah, obviously then Harper denies it again. And she denies it in such a big way that gets her dumped. And I was like, yes, thank you. Get dumped. I know it's going to end happily because of this movie, but I was a bit like she needed, she couldn't just really like let that slide. Like as an adult, you know, if she was like 16, still living with her parents, having to be with them all day and night. But yeah, no. Yeah, that was my thing. I was like, why are you a grown woman like rushing to out your sister? Like, it didn't make any sense. Like, are you that concerned about how your parents, like, feel about your, like, basket weaving or whatever the fuck to, like, <laughs> stop, to, like, be like, I'm going to tell everybody that my sister's a lesbian. Like, that was, like, a little extreme to me. And yeah. I don't know. I guess, like, it makes sense in the sense that, like, 
it was like an explosion of like pent up anger or whatever. But also at the same time, I was like, everybody just needs to chill. Like everybody just needs to chill. Take like a page from Jane, just be like fine <laughs> and like love Honestly. each other. And like, you guys will be fine. And then like, I don't know, that like final sequence, it was like revelation after revelation because you find out like Alison Bree's husband's like cheating on her with some sort of person involved in like the political aspect or whatever. It was very unclear. And <laughs> um, I don't know, it was just like a mess, but it was like a fun mess. I was kind of into it. They can't have an interracial relationship and a lesbian daughter. They've got to they've got to get a divorce for the other two. You know what I mean? Like you can't have both in a movie. <laughs> they, they can't both be successful. Like this is America. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, That's why in the Family Stone, the gay character was a black guy, so that it was two birds, one stone. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, of diversity, but um, I think like that ending really kicked off for me when Dan Levy showed up at the party just because he's like a light on the screen and I'm obsessed and yeah. I'm not like a part of the like crazy weird Shit's Creek mob on Twitter it's a good show <laughs> but it's not like oh my god like you know it's like a sweet sweet show it's hilarious but I'm not like but like I do love Dan Levy and it's so yeah. funny because literally like everybody I meet like it's like you know who you remind me of you remind me of Dan Levy. No! <laughs> I'm like, am I the first gay person you've ever met with black glasses? <laughs> like, You do have really like sort of standout brows, but not necessarily like his. Like his are, like they have a future of crawling off of his face. Do you know what I mean? Like his- Yeah. Dad. And like, sure, I'm like, I have like overtly feminine mannerisms, but <laughs> like, just because like, that's your only idea of what a gay man is. Like, please. I think that we sh- people should know better than to meet a gay person and be like, you remind me of this gay person. Yeah, it's, it's either always that, or like, you remind me of my other gay friend. The only other gay person that I know, you're just like him. And I'm like, cool. Thank you. Speaking of this, um, I'm, I'm not going to say her name just because I don't want to be weird online, but we have a mutual friend that's always reminded me of Kirsten Stewart. <laughs> who is, who, who is um, yeah, who's queer. And um, <laughs> so not to like jump on this horrible bandwagon, but yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who it is. Interesting. You'll have to let me know. I like We'll talk about this later, but oh, anyways, yeah. it's like, like, like skinny and pretty, but they have kind of boyish, tomboyish sort of qualities. But like, uh, I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, very very okay. lovely person. But also back to it. Yes, the ending was absolutely weird, and like Dan Levy had this sort of beautiful monologue, basically telling her like she can't really be mad because like everybody's like coming out story is like their own and everyone's different and everyone handles it differently and like you can't you know make someone do it um and then Kristen Stewart was like well I want to be with somebody who's ready and like that was like the first time in the whole film where she sort of stood up for herself and that was nice that was nice to do yeah I because I wanted her to do that with those dumbass kids that like dropped the necklace in her bag I wanted to like grab them at the mall and be like what the fuck did you do but, oh my God, yes. but yeah, that like that Dan Levy speech was was great. And I was I looked over at my mom while he was saying it and like she was like sobbing. 
<laughs> and she's such an ally. I love it. And yes. Um, <laughs> and then, like, I like teared up a little bit because I like naturally do those those sorts of things. Um, yeah. And you know, part of me really didn't want her to take Harper back. You know what I mean? And then, but then, part of me also like gets why you know that that she does because I mean, like Dan Levy said, it's like it's a really complicated process. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, it's hard to like, I mean, like, especially with a family like that, where you feel like you can't be yourself. Mm-hmm. So that was a great moment. And then, you know, it, it it has that like cute little montage of all of them together on Christmas morning at the end. It was just so sweet. I feel like it is, despite the fact that myself and Twitter and you all like had enough of Harper by the end, it gives, it does give a stronger message to allow her to to, like forgiveness. Like they're not saying like, okay, she's been great, like in this circumstance, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, to sort of say, you can keep working on a relationship, like you don't have to just let it die at the first sign of trouble. And that ends up being like, or if they could get past this, then, you know, maybe they can be married, like maybe they can be strong. And it's sort of like the big, like sort of like the first sort of big test of the relationship and for them to end up together in the end and uh, a marriage announcement on Instagram, like that's sweet and that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) I I kind of loved like, I mean, like the running joke that the mom was like obsessed with like starting this like Instagram feed and then the end was like the whole Instagram feed and there was like all the cute, pictures and stuff and then you had that one picture where they were at pride and like riley was there with playa duval who also directed the film um yes. and then they were a couple and i was like oh my god like this is so cute like look at this like queer little white world <laughs> which yeah, you know what i'm cake glad cake. you mentioned that because <laughs> it was such a white and skinny world <laughs> it, yeah there was i mean like you had allison breeze you know husband husband who was black but that was like it. And I was like, if we're telling, we're telling queer stories in 2020, like let's get with the program, you guys like, come on. Like it, that, that was like my, I guess my only complaint I would level against it. I mean that, and it was like centered around a coming out story, which it's like, those aren't the only queer stories we can tell, but anyways. Yeah. It's, it's hard not to point out like how this film, despite the fact that it is a queer film and especially a queer film about women, like it is still very much polished for for a mainstream audience in that everyone is thin and beautiful, ready for a Chanel um, sponsorship kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. There was no like I I I just wanted I don't know like and feminine as well. Like I oh, mean, yeah. Riley, Kristen, and Mackenzie were all quite feminine I mean even even though Kristen has sort of a boyish quality you know her hair is kind of different and she's sort of wearing these like blazers and has her like (laughs) I was about to say the blazers (laughs) but she you know she's got her lipstick on she is like quite femme and I think that there's still there's you know and that's how every movie is like fucking Carol and Portrait of Lady on Fire all the other lesbian period films like I, there is a, there's still a lot of representation to be had for people of color and that people that are a bit more um I guess masculine I suppose and like cis queer stories I mean like mm-hmm. I mean as far as like the mainstream goes I mean 
And like- It would have been funnier and it would have been more interesting if like a character was trans as well. Like I want to kind of see that story because I feel like, although it could be quite problematic if you like made it such a super comedy, but you know, there's, there's other things to be done. And hopefully this kind of, this very mainstream movie can sort of open up doors for different stories, you know, and to be seen like by many people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think that's, what's kind of good about um, this like straight to streaming aspect is because, you know, you can produce them for cheaper and you can also reach out to different voices. And so, you know, Clea Duvall is like a cis white woman. And so she tells like the story she knows, which is fine. And the movie turned out great, but you know, I hope that going forward in the future streamers like Hulu and um, uh, like Netflix or whatever, do reach out to more like diverse and, you know, different types of queer people to tell yeah. these stories you know because there's there's so much more or they will just continue to put everybody in pose and be like we're done we're good yep. <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> we did the work <laughs> did my part. Like, <laughs> i'm for real like everybody's only in pose like jeez come on i know and like the ryan murphy extended universe like bless his heart like he's like really trying and i appreciate that but like, <laughs> but yeah I think so like what would you rate it out of five stars where where do you I would do like a a, you know I think I would do a between a two and a half and a three like a 2.75 like I would give it a little bit I kind of I kind of agree but it's also it's one of those things where like I rarely like a romantic comedy that isn't from the early 2000s and is basically bad, but you like it because it's 20 years old kind of thing. Like, (laughs) I like, so yeah, because I'm all about the dramas, but I will say that it was incredibly watchable. And even my mom, my mom was like doing Thanksgiving dinner prep and uh, me and Nathan watched it and we thought it was cute. So I'll go ahead with three stars. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was good. I think Honestly, I'll probably maybe even watch it again over the break, like sort of a background thing, you know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a new new sort of a new movie to put into the like the Christmas movie repertoire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I still haven't watched The Family Stone this year, which like obviously I plan on doing because like it's a classic. But it's and you want to so, cry? <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's so depressing. Like I can't, like I can't deal with like Diane Keaton dying again. <laughs> Mm, she's still very much alive so just keep that in your mind as you watch I watched it last night funnily enough I watched it last night um and so yeah I I need some more Christmas movies to watch what else is good I don't know I mean like I don't really watch like traditional Christmas movies I guess Mm. like I can't like I mean like I was planning on watching obviously the family stone and then Carol is like one of my favorite (laughs) Christmas movies um let's record on carol because like it is it's such an interesting movie (laughs) it's so good like it's it's insane it's so good but it's like (laughs) it's just the creepiness of kate mara or what is not kate mara Mara. (laughs) Mara. (laughs) she's such a creepy individual that i'm like (laughs) like 30 minutes you're like wondering if this is like a ghost story because kate rooney looks like dead (laughs) 
Yeah, I was like, why is her face so expressionless? <laughs> is she a ghost? Oh my gosh, yeah. Is she going to kill someone at the end? Jake Lacey. Sure I would act that way in front of Kate Blanchett as well, though. Just stunned by her beauty. Yes. All right, well, the, the sirens are starting on my street, so I guess this is a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> is everything okay <laughs> i mean in south london you can never be sure <laughs> <laughs> i've had like a reprieve from the sirens because like i'm in the country right now so there's no yeah thing thank god i guess it's kind of weird <laughs> you'll miss them soon enough i promise <laughs> i don't know my street is so loud it's so annoying <laughs> city girl things <laughs> it. <laughs> right, it was fun talking to you about this let's record yeah. again soon, okay yes all right bye bye